Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. We are back for the new year. We are back from hiatus. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. I had to say it one more time because I've missed you all so much. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Let's get right into it because, boy, are things great in Flyers land. We have so much to talk to you about. Well, Let's lead it off with Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. I would just like everyone to know that by the end of this injury, you're going to miss Justin Braun. I already miss him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's necessarily a hot take because who do we have to replace him with? Robert Haig? Well, I have just I just see a lot of Justin Braun hate on the timeline. Um, people seem to think he's not very good, but I think Plus minus, that, Kelly. Plus minus. I think that the absence is going to prove that he's better than you think he is which is great for all of us everything's fine I think that both things can be true I I think that he cannot be that good but also the replacement is worse fair it is true I just that's for the the few things markedly worse yeah for the few things there he's supposed to be used for he's good and for everyone looking at that plus minus number because I get this a ton in post game yes he was minus 12 in his first 17 games. You know, in like his next 24, he was plus one. So like, yeah, it was a big number to start the... And Steph, I see your face. I don't want to talk about plus minus either. I'm like, just Charlie's tra- not here and this shit immediately goes off the rails. No, we're I, not even a minute in and we're talking plus minus. I want to put the number in context because a lot of people do look at it and some of them are our listeners. I tell them all, it's a stupid fucking stat, but they still bring it up. So I just want to point out that, yes, in the first 17 games, he was minus 12. In the following 24, he was plus one. So you can't point to one without pointing out the other. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Can we discuss the combined plus minus? I want to know what the team's combined plus minus is. (laughs) That's important to know. Yeah. Especially the way it's calculated. Anyway, also joined tonight, you've already heard her, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Well, technically, it's not tonight. It they is don't know that. Firmly morning. They don't know um, that. No behind the curtain, please. <laughs> so we haven't been around for two weeks because holidays and family and life. Eh. Uh, but I want to make sure I thank everybody that came out to Festivus. Um, I heard from multiple people that this was the best Festivus, best Broad Street Hockey party that they had ever been to. Um, and I think that that's saying a lot because all of our parties are really good. And I'm patting myself on the back because they just are we all we all have a really fun time at broad street hockey parties um so thank you for coming out we raised over 700 dollars for two different charities for hockey fights cancer and the attic uh we gave away a a set of tickets to the game that actually happens tonight against the Capitals. oh right that was gave away an oscar Lindblom jersey 
Um, yeah, I didn't win either. It was bullshit. Well, you also didn't <laughs> donate any money, so... I said let's rig it for me. Like, how hard is that? <laughs> uh, we had snacks. We had drinks. We had the entire upstairs to ourselves. Biscuit teas were there, and they are just the most amazing ladies. Um, it was a really, really good time. Thank you for coming. The airing of grievances made it onto the podcast feed. Eventually. Sorry, I'm still drinking my first coffee of the day. I'm working on it. My brain's a little slow. Uh, made it onto the podcast feed, and it is hilarious. Uh, we had a new microphone this year, so apparently you didn't need to scream into it. Nobody told me that. <laughs> Nobody told me that, so you can definitely hear me screaming, um, as well as Bill and Kelly. <laughs> In my defense, uh, was, I was wasted. I mean, Kelly was putting be. them down. It was a problem. Good. No, it was delightful. So anyway, thank you everybody for coming. We will be doing the next one, which should be our draft party again. Um, but um, yeah, keep, 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 keep tuned. Jesus Christ, Stephanie. No, Stay tuned. Stephanie, excuse me. Playoff game watch parties. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. we can pull that off. Yeah, we can pull that off. Yeah, so just stay tuned because there playoffs. might be more between now and the draft. Why? Thank you and good night. Why have three straight Festivus parties gone to shootout? They finally won one. Yeah, what in the oh, world? Oh, it's a tradition now. But mm -hmm. I love it. Personally, I'm a big fan of the shootout, but I know the rest haven't of the they, world I, isn't. Haven't they won, though, on every Festivus, like it's always gone to a shootout and they've won. They lost to Columbus the first year. I don't remember what happened last they year. They won against the Rangers last year. Really? I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. I thought they lost. I remember the Rangers jerseys being green on the TV and us not having a bartender at Tavern on Broad. Those are the things I remember. I remember Tavern Festivus. and their, the bartending bless. issues and charging me like nine bucks for a Guinness, but... Oh, and they ran out of beer, too. Yeah. That was a whole situation. Anyway, besides so. the point. Anyway, we were at Fieldhouse this year, and they treated us really, really well. They certainly so did. go visit them. Yeah, so uh, I'm not one to get too political or anything in these trying times. Uh, and I really think this petition thing is overdone. But shit, fam, we got to do something about Disney on ice. <laughs> Blow it up. <laughs> Flyers went one four and one uh, on the road trip after winning four uh, after winning four in a row uh, before Christmas. Uh, yeah, the coming off the four game winning streak, and the Sixers, who'd won three straight of their own, went on the road and lost all four after Christmas. Comcast, I don't ask for much, but this has to change. Disney is already getting $6 a month from me so I can watch Star Wars movies I don't feel like reaching for on the DVD shelf. Now yeah, you have to have login. my soul, too? Like, this is bullshit. No more. No more Disney on ice. We need to end it. They should because Disney is owned by ABC, which is a competitor. Like, that should just be enough. Oh, Comcast right? will take anyone's money. They don't give a shit. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Um, I asked for your Disney Plus login, please. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, one dollar has needs. One dollar a month. Seems a girl fair. has needs. Just give him twelve bucks next time you see him. It's fine. Oh, that's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Can you hear my puppy? Can you? Is hear that him? a dog? It sounds like Is a macaw. He eaten by a vulture? What's happening? Yeah, you might want to check. Not. You might want to check on the cats. They might be staging a coup. 
No, they're both up here and terrified of the noise that's coming out of his mouth. It sounds like he's being tortured. I promise you, he is not. He's in a playpen, not even a cage. He's in a playpen with all of his favorite toys and all of his bones. He's got a blanket and a bed, and he's just mad that he's not up here eating human flesh. Well, I'm going to have to call Chase Utley on you. That's all there is to it, I think. Uh, please, is Chase Utley going to come to my house? Mine first. Um, <laughs> so Kelly touched on it in the open, but I want to just start with the Justin Braun injury. He is out until at least the All-Star break. Uh, Hague draws in as the seven, but do we have any sort of... Uh, Steph, that is hilarious, that sound, whatever it is. Do we? It's, it's absurd, <laughs> and... It's absurd. I'm going to end up muting a lot of this. Just I can't while I'm talking, do but we, it's absurd. Do we have any sort of idea on who the next man up is? Because now they only have six healthy defensemen. I realize they're coming home. They're home for a bunch of games this month. They have to go to Montreal and Pittsburgh at some point, but there's a lot of time in between. Um, they can always just do a day of move if they absolutely need a defenseman. I've heard Mark Friedman has been really good. What do we what do we know about what's going on behind uh, the six healthy defensemen? It ought to be so the Friedman, I did, right? What was that? It ought to be Friedman. You would yeah, think. Yeah, I did some research. Friedman makes the most sense to us, uh, but I think yeah. that we shouldn't be surprised if it's Andy Walensky. Why? So, uh, because he has NHL experience. Fair. Not a lot, and it's with the Ducks. <laughs> but he has NHL experience. He has playoff experience, um, and he's a big body. He's six foot one, two hundred something pounds. Um, he is a big I, boy. I just I wouldn't be surprised if it were him. Um, he's twenty six. He's with the Phantoms in twenty six games. He's got thirteen points, so like it's fine. Right. Um, but I I I have a feeling. If they're going to call up a seven, it'll be one of those two, Mark Friedman or, or Andy Walensky. I would really like to see Friedman get a shot just because yeah. I want to see his skill set up here. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I've said all year how much. Listen, I think Haig has been a lot better this season than he was last. And honestly, that little touch pass he made uh, to get the puck from Giroux's long pass to Konechny's goal last night was one of the best subtle plays of his career. That was a really nice little play he made at the uh, offensive blue line to uh, to help out Travis Konechny. I just, my, one of my biggest issues with the lineup this year was when they had both Haig and Braun in, it's two guys you're kind of trying to shelter a little at five on five, and I don't know how well that works. With Braun out, I guess you can kind of focus on Haig, but then that just brings up questions about the rest of the blue line I think we're going to get to in a little bit. Uh, I, I would like to see a guy come up. I don't know how much I want to see them sit, uh, but if they're going to get a shot, why why not have someone getting some NHL experience? Yeah, I love the idea of Mark Friedman. Yeah, because the kid hustles. You know, he's not small. He's five eleven, one eighty five is what he's listed on as on Elite Prospects in twenty eight games this season. He's got ten points, so I think that that might push the needle a little bit more towards Andy Walensky. Um, but I, I love the idea of Mark Friedman. Like I want to see this kid because he was never one of the big defensive prospects for the Flyers. He was never one. I, I think they called it the big five or whatever bullshit catchy name they were trying to call 
uh, Ghost, Sanheim, Myers, um, Provorov, and Haig. Um, but he should have been. Poor Moran. Uh, what was that? I said, poor Moran. That's all I can think I, in this rip. situation. The fucking guy would at least be getting a shot, and he's out there with a torn ACL. Like, oh, that's a, that's Again, a bummer. Yeah. Like, just, oh, poor dude. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I love the idea of Mark Friedman. I really want to see him get a shot on this team. We'll see. I, I, we'll see. There are options, just not a whole lot of options down in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they have some good defensive prospects behind, you know, the guys who are already here. But none of, like, you know, Cam York and Igor Zamula are, they're not options. So, it's it's Mark Friedman. I would like to see the guy get a shot. He was a third-round pick. Has been down there a while. Saw a quote, I think just yesterday, from Kerry Huffman talking about how much he's improved, how much he's really worked on his game. I know his points total isn't what a lot of people expected from him, but it seems like he's been working on a lot of other things. So let's see some Mark Friedman. Wouldn't mind that at all. Now let's get to this road trip, guys. Um, like I said in the open, they won four straight right before Christmas. They, they lost three in a row on the road, came home, figured it all out. Everything was fine. Come back from Christmas break. One four and one on the road trip. They get that. Uh, they get that loser point in Carolina to wrap it up last night. Their one win was overtime against the Ducks. They were outscored twenty-eight to sixteen. Man, this was. Is there? Is there something worse than a disaster? It's remarkable how bad this has gone. It's like it's almost hilariously bad. Like I and it doesn't make any sense because, as you said. Leading up to this road trip, they were looking pretty good. Not so bad. Um, and yeah, it's just like the whole every single wheel on the 18-wheel truck fell off on this road trip. Like, I don't get it. Uh, people were asking me questions in post-game last night. Like, hey, what happened to the team defense? And it's like, yeah, that was the thing they did best for the first two and a half months of the season. And suddenly... Just guys flying around all alone out there. Just how many the flyers constantly outnumbered, like below the top of the circles in the in the defensive zone. I just did not understand what I was seeing from this team. It was a complete 180 from the way they played up until the previous road trip, basically. And then even after they came home. Well, I think that the the loss of Oscar Lindblom in the lineup cannot be understated. He is one of the best defensive forwards on this team. That is a huge thing to bring up. And he was scoring a shit ton of points, too. Like he, was, he was the goals leader on the team when his diagnosis came through. He was the goals leader yeah. on the team when the diagnosis came through. Um, and he was the best. He, he's one of the best behind Sean Couturier defensive forwards on this team. and. And the hole that and the gap that he's leaving behind is glaring. Um, I gave a lot of leeway to the Flyers during the road trip when they found out that he had cancer. Yeah, yeah, that was different. Because, uh, yeah, because that was just, it was a completely different feeling. They just needed to get home. They needed to see him. And, and as soon as they did, they got their shit together. Yeah. But... 
now this is the second straight road trip that they've just completely shit the bed, and I'm out of excuses for them. And that's, we're going to get into some individual home and road splits, but spoiler alert, of the top 11 scorers on the team, only two guys have the same number or more points on the road as they do at home. Lindblom is one of those two guys. So, like, I hate even... Like, the hockey is so distant from what's important, but when you look at what's wrong with the team, you have to kind of go, hey, one of their best players is um, out indefinitely. So it's And then you look at some of the other depth issues they've had. Hey, you know, they could really use another middle six center. Morgan Frost didn't really get it done. Nolan Patrick, out indefinitely. So it is, the depth issues are starting to catch up to them. They don't have as much as we thought they did uh, before this last, you know, three, four weeks. Now that you mentioned Morgan Frost, I want to get really mad about this because I got mad online about it when he was sent down, and I think that it's appropriate to get mad on air. Oh, please do. About please it do, because I would like to share in it with you. Because, you know, number one, people are saying that he lost his scoring touch and he needed to go back down to Lehigh Valley to find himself, and, and that's fine if that's your opinion, but there's no fact in it. Um, and there are other forwards on this team, and I'm, I'm looking at Misha Vorobiev, um, that should not be here yeah. over Morgan Frost. There's – and the fact that he was sent down to Lehigh Valley is not going to hurt Morgan Frost or his development. It hurts the Flyers right now. Him staying with the Flyers also does not hurt him or his development. I just don't understand why this decision was made unless, and this is this is a stretch, unless they wanted to make him eligible for the AHL All-Star game, which, like, that is, it's a stretch. I can't imagine yeah, that's the way so. the team is run, and if it is, no, I, I have some serious either. issues. Uh, Kelly, what, what did you think about the demotion while we're on it? I mean, as it, I really just echo what Steph said. It didn't make any sense from a logical standpoint because putting aside what Frost looked like on the ice, Vorobiev looked worse. He's not been good. He's been given several chances on the NHL roster to prove that he belongs there, and he has shit the bed every single time. Um, I'm frankly just tired of him. Like, I'm tired of him being a guy that gets the nod when team is injured um, because I don't think he's good. So it doesn't make any sense to me to keep him up and playing. It's one thing if he's up and sitting, but to keep him up and playing while Morgan Frost gets sent down doesn't make any sense to me because you know that Morgan Frost can be better. You should know that Vorobiev cannot be better. So given that the team sucks ass anyway, why not have a guy up there who might be able to do better? It's Vorobiev is so frustrating <laughs> because I was so excited about him as a prospect, but it just... It's not working. No, he's it's not. It's not he's working. Not and whether it's because the guy just doesn't give a shit or if he's just not that talented, who can say? But it's it's not working, yeah. period. It's not working, and he should not be with the NHL club anymore. Yeah, Off and that was my, my, main, my main takeaway from the Frost emotion was like, I, I get he wasn't, he wasn't 
producing the way you expect, and that's what he's in there to do. Like, Joel Farabee is a guy, all right, he's maybe not putting up the points you expected, but they play him fourth line last night, and they don't lose anything. They can play him in a variety of roles because he's good at other things. Morgan Frost is, first and foremost, and pretty much only, a points producer. So if he's not putting them up, all right, that's disappointing. However, to your point, like, Vorobiev's still up. They don't have anyone else to play this role. If Nolan Patrick was suddenly healthy and they were like, all right, we need to send someone down, it's going to be Frost, fine by me. But that is not the case. And I just don't... Steph, you said it won't hurt his development, and in the long term, I very much agree. And by hurt his development, I'm not saying, like, oh, he's not going to be good now. He's going to be fine. He's going to be one of our best players. Uh, I will say... I don't think it helps his short-term development. Like, he's not... He's already good enough to to be an all-star in the AHL, you know? Yeah. That's not... What does he have to learn there? If his... If the thing he has to come to grips with, the thing he has to master, is the NHL game, I don't know how he can do that at the AHL level. He can't. And at some point, he's going to make a highlight real play. I'd like for it to be here. You know? Right. That's just... Uh, he's going to break out of it. He's going to figure it out. This team has trouble scoring, especially on the road. And now we're going to get into some home and road splits for the team because they are absolutely ridiculous. Steph, is everything okay over there? Is, has have, Yeah, everything's have, fine. I thought I heard him. I thought I heard his playpen fall. But terrorists haven't taken your downstairs? <laughs> no, right. he's, he's yelling at my robot vacuum is what's happening right now. Olympus oh, has boy. not fallen. All right, so we're going to get into some of the team home road splits for the season, and they are unbelievable. They are 13-2-4 at home. They're one of the best, if not the best, home team in the league by points percentage, last I checked. They are 9-13-2 on the road. They are one of the worst road teams by far in the league. It's unbelievable. Uh, at home, they score almost four, go- almost four goals a game, 3.79 goals a game at home. on the road. That's 22nd. At home, they allow the fewest goals a game in the league. Under two. Under two goals a game. 1.95. 3.83 on the road. That's the third most behind only Detroit and Ottawa. If you're not paying attention, those aren't NHL teams. (laughs) Those are bad teams, fam. Almost a 25% power play at home. They're eighth in the league. 14.7 14.7 on the road, 23rd, 85.9 penalty kill at home, 5th in the league, 77.1 on the road, 20th. They're 2-7-1 in their last 10 road games, and their two wins were a shootout versus Ottawa, again, not an NHL team, and overtime against Anaheim, who is pretty bad with a great goalie, so it happens, I'm glad they won. What the fuck is the problem? I... I- I, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. It's, you know, you can't even, and this goes back to conversations that we've had over the last couple of years, you can't even say that the Flyers have this huge uh, home arena advantage. No, because it sucks. Yeah, that's... I, Flyers fans, just they're just not the same as they used to be. I was on... Which is fine, I guess. It's not. But <laughs> it's fine but there's there's no big advantage or there's no big disadvantage for other teams coming into the Wells Fargo Center so what what the 
fuck is going on? Do they eat something special? Do they have Nolan Patrick make them two ham and cheese sandwiches before every game and he just doesn't travel with them so they don't get that? Or is there something really special about Skoogle water? I, I, I have no idea so. what's happening. So I've been. Th- I mean, there's there's something about the Google. I've been thinking a lot about this just because I've been talking with a lot of people during this road trip for the pregames, and just trying to like isolate what is different from a home game to a road game that could explain what is going on here. And the only thing that keeps coming back into my head is that is. And I don't I like I hesitate to even say it out loud because it's like going to be it's like a thing. But is like Vino not able to figure out what to do without last change? Like, can he not get the matchups going in a way that leads to success the way that he can at home? Um, Because that's really like, you know, fundamentally, the only difference between a home game and a road game is the last change. Everything else is exactly the same. So. Is that it? I don't know, really. That I mean, like, somebody smarter than me could probably dive into that numbers-wise and try to figure it out, but it, it's the only thing well, that I, sticks out to me is, like, a difference. I think <laughs> that somebody within Broad Street Hockey, not on the website but in the Slack channel, did a quick analysis of Vigneault's home-and-away splits over his entire career, and there's nothing to that. Like, there, he's... Mm-hmm. He's pretty, as a coach, pretty even home and away. But especially um, considering the depth issues this team has had, you know, since everything happened with Oscar Lindblom, I guess if your bottom six is really depleted and you can't play the matchups you want to, that could hurt you. Because I was on, I, I made both of these points. I was on the Jody McDonald show last night on WIP as a guest, and uh, they asked, you know, what it, what the hell... What is the difference? Because they brought uh, Jody brought up like, have you seen the Wells Fargo Center? It's not like they they have the Seattle Seahawks twelfth man out there. Like the place is half empty. It's not half empty, but it's the least attendance they've ever had that I can remember seeing. And, and it's a tune. It's yeah. It's not like it's some crazy home atmosphere. I, the only thing I could think of was maybe they just love home cooking and maybe Vigneault really takes advantage of those matchups. Because, yeah, when you have Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux on the same line, like they win a ton of shifts. Even if it's just three or four extra shifts in a game where you get them out uh, against like a third line, maybe that maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch every game multiple times to really tell you. Uh, but... Man, because I'm looking at the Carter, because my question with what is the problem starts when I look at Carter Hart's home and away splits. Home, he is 11-1-2 with a 9-4-7 save percentage and a 1-4-9 goals against. That's right. He's giving up less than one and a half goals a game at home. Away, 2-9-1, more than four goals a game on the road. And I'm looking at it just like, is this chicken or the egg? Does Hart suck away, or does the whole team suck away, therefore the goalie is worse too? Like, I'm tr- It's both? Seems <laughs> like both. both. I mean, it, because, like, it's not just... If it was one of those things where it's like most of the goals that he was giving up, you could say, weren't really on him, but he's giving up quite a lot of goals that are definitely yeah. on him. So he's just not playing as well as he usually does at home. 
Why? No idea. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, and I, I tried to look at Elliott's home and away splits, but he's only played in five home games, mm. so it didn't really matter. But this is a question that's been coming up on postgame a little because, uh, you know, I, I wasn't in love with Elliott coming back this year, but when you look at what was available in terms of the backup goalie market... All right, unless you wanted to go spend money on Robin Lehner when you have a whole bunch of other issues, like, I don't know, you need to sign Kevin Hayes, you need to get Niskanen and Braun and all these guys. Elliott was probably the best of what was available. And in October and November, he proved that he was kind of worth the signing. 7 2 and 2 with a 9 1 6. Since December, though, he's got an 843 save percentage, he's got a sub 900 save percentage in six of his last seven appearances. Do they need to start looking for someone else to fill Brian Elliott's role? Because he's not doing it all that well. So. <laughs> is, that, is Bear a big Brian Elliott fan? Bear loves Brian Elliott, he told me when I met him. We had a conversation Apparently. about it. I, he's yelling about Alex Lyon, actually. Okay. I was just going to say, I was just going to ask, since we're talking about him, um, in the Canes game, when he kind of had a really awkward stretch there across the front of the net and seemed a little bit shaken came right back in but was garbage for the rest of the game I think he let in two goals on three shots after that little situation I'm wondering I am so worried that he's hurt because his whole his whole midsection is made of like really loose rubber bands yeah I was gonna say that like he's duct taped together and between from his nipples to his knees he's duct taped yeah and I I worry that if he is a little bit injured, like a little bit injured in Brian Elliott's condition is like going to die if he has to make another tough save in the next game he plays. That was the craziest thing about last night (laughs) is he let in some really bad goals and he made some amazing saves. Like he made, (coughs) excuse me, he made three Killer saves. I think two on Svechnikov and one on Aho. Like mm-hmm. guys who know how to put the puck in the net. And then like he's just getting beat under his pads from shots from thirty feet away. Like I, I I didn't I was perplexed by his game last night. It was the bad goals were after that little he made like yeah. a you know what I'm talking about, right? Like he stretched himself out across the front of the net you know, legs splayed open in a way that would suggest that if you fucked up that move, you might pull something in your groin. And then after that, he was garbage. So I just was, I spent the rest of last night worried that Brian Elliott was hurt. And then I didn't know what we were going to do. Because yeah, then it's Alex Lyon who, you know. I forgot that Felix Sandstrom was over. He is, but he's not been doing pretty well from what I understand. Not great. I completely forgot that he was a thing until I saw somebody tweeting about him last week. I saw him. Completely forgot. I haven't checked his game logs in a little while. I know he started out poorly, but he seemed to be kind of rounding into form a little bit um, over his last few. And I checked, you know, a couple weeks ago, so he could have totally fallen off or he could have five shutouts since then. I don't remember. But Alex Lyon is obviously... Uh, the he's the most obvious replacement right now, unless you go out looking for somebody. I mean, there's there's JF Baruby too. Well, yeah, I'll I'll mm. stick with Alex Lyon. Yeah, uh, I'm also sticking with Alex yeah. Lyon. Uh, uh, Lyon started the year in the AHL on fire. Was freaking incredible. 
has not been bad since then, but is definitely not off. Uh, he's not having the like, oh, he might be an NHL goalie sort of um, sort of continuation of a season from his really, really good start. But at this point, uh, I would absolutely give Alex Lyon a shot for, uh, for Brian Elliott at least once or twice. I mean, what's the difference? Brian Elliott's giving up five goals a game right now. I also forgot Ustamenko was over. He is. Yeah. I don't know how I well he's been forgot. doing either. Uh, better than Felix Sandstrom. I, I do know that, yeah. I don't see them replacing Brian Elliott. Like, I don't see them healthy scratching Brian Elliott. I don't think that would happen unless he were hurt. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I think that this, this is the goaltending duo that we have unless one of them gets hurt. That's the only way. I mean, or traded. That's... Or traded, yeah. That's it's time. It's time to start talking about who could be on the trading block because yeah. we're coming up on the trade deadline. Yeah, the f- if they just stick with Elliot, uh, and listen, I get it. He's uh he's here as more than just you know the backup goalie. He's he's the veteran who's been through a lot and all that. But if they just stick with him, that's choosing to lose games. Uh, like last night, I'm not gonna say if another goalie's in there, they would have won because Carter Hart hasn't been very good lately either. But he didn't help them win that game. That's for sure. Um, I I don't know. I I just, this isn't, uh, a couple of more of these, and you're going to have to start thinking about replacing him. You know what, though? James Reimer looked just as bad, if not worse, than Brian Elliott did, and the Flyers didn't take advantage of it the way that the Canes did. They certainly did not. Uh, They could have won that game. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of did. Like, they did score a goal that the refs were like, nah. But <laughs> I digress. That happens sometimes because yeah. refs are lazy and awful. But um, I just, yeah, it, that was a tough one last night. I don't see a, a true solution. Cause I'm not the biggest Alex Lyon fan. But at this point, I'd like to see him get a shot. I'm not advocating for the Cal Pickards or the Mike McKennas of the world because they don't help you. Like, that's not an upgrade. If they can go out and, like, get someone, though, a decent enough backup. I'm not against it. But what's what's the solution? You just want a healthy scratch Brian Elliott? You want to wave him, send him to Lehigh Valley? What sure. do you want to do with Brian Elliott? Yeah, LTIR, Lehigh Valley. You can't LTIR someone if they're not actually injured. Yeah, you can. Come on. I mean, Get him to agree to, to it, and you can. First. He is injured. He's 34. He, he's just injured. Like, his body is hurt. He's old. He's out with old. That's what you say. As are we all. I take offense to that, personally. Just tell everyone he's allergic to his equipment. Yeah, that's it. Boom. Allergic to his equipment. What about the equipment he's playing with in Russia? Yeah, that's different equipment. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it's different. Sweat's different (laughs) over there. People forget. Different enzymes in your sweat. Yeah. Yeah. It fixes everything. He's sweating mercury over there, and so it offsets (laughs) whatever's in his equipment. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in Russia. All right, so the uh, the home and road splits, however, in case you were hoping that the problem was just in net, uh, it isn't. Um, Travis Konechny had a good game last night, but until last night, he had four goals in 20 road games and eight in 19 home games, uh, and the splits are kind of bad for everybody. Like, the big ones, I-, I looked at Provorov, 17 points in 19 home games. Seven points in 24 road games. Hayes, 13 points in 19 home games. 11 in 24 road games. That's 0.68 versus 0.46. 
That is a huge drop-off. JVR, 13 and 19 home games, 10 and 24 road games. Real bad. Niskanen, 12 points in 19 home games, 5 in 23 road games. Like, awful. Ghost has half as many points on the on the road as he does at home. Sanheim has 5 points in 24 road games. Like, why? Why can't well, they just do... All right, do... so while we're doing this, let's let's do the other side. So 14 points in 19 home games, 17 points in 24 road games for Claude Giroux. Yeah, no, Giroux has been decent. It's like 7-4 for 7-0 for G. G and Limblom are the ones who have performed about as well on the road as they have at home. Um. Also, please refer to Travis Konechny by his official title. NHL All Star and my son Travis Connect. He they need he needs to not just be mic'd up for the cameras. He needs to have a PA mic on him. Yeah, <laughs> the whole crowd needs to hear what. That's worth. Forget Alex Ovechkin not playing in the game. This is what it's all about for me. I, I'm gonna watch the in the, in hopes that he's mic'd up. I'm gonna watch the All Star game for the first time since uh since um what's his name Scott. My, uh, not Mike Scott. That's the Sixer. That's the Sixer. Who was the Who was the fighter that made the All Star game? Whose name I can't remember. John John Scott. Scott. I was gonna call him Dale Scott. I was like, that's not right either. Just start <laughs> guessing hockey names, Dale. Yeah, I'm. Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Braden. Braden Scott. Braden. That's actually not bad. Uh, just like it doesn't. The problem, like, it doesn't look like effort. Is this team doing too much, like? bonding on the road are they are they just partying like is is travis connectney getting them all lost in, in parking garages like what is the problem it's... have you seen this group of nerds they're playing video games in their hotel room until 4 a.m you That's can get drunk playing video doing. games i used to do it all the time i mean so? yes but they're not going out to like clubs you they're think? playing video games together mm. no absolutely not that's a real shame. That's the problem. Then they need to go out and party more. the The '70s Flyers that they that'd be a disgrace. Go to Rexy's for Christ's sake. I mean, this team could skate circles around this 1970s team that I don't know won about that. The cups. Are, they could, but it's fine. Has this always been a thing? Like, is this, or is this actually worse than it's been home road split wise, or is this just like us? falling into it because it's so bad right now i can't I mean, really they remember were, they were a little above they were hovering around 500 and it was just like oh wow they're really good at home and that was fine but now like they're two and nine or two nine and one in their last 10 like that that's just what really bad teams do when you look at who they compare to on the road all their numbers are like teams with eat like half as many wins as them, they're lucky to have the wins they do. I think they have three regulation wins on the road. Like most of their wins are in. They have four or five shootout road wins. That's how they're winning games out there when they do win. I I, I don't. I, I, I'm baffled by what's going on with this team right now. They're better than this. Yeah, right? I have like, no idea. They're actually, I yes. I know I've convinced myself they're actually good. So that's the lens I'm looking through it from. And maybe I'm just wrong. But you think they're way better than this, right? Like, you guys are with me? They should be. They yes. should not be at the stage where watching them is 
too painful to actually turn the game on. And that's what they are when they're on the road. Like, they're better than that. Um, whether they're actually good or not is still left to be determined. But they're not bad. That's the thing. Like, they're not this bad. By yeah, virtue... So here's the thing, like... Oh, go ahead, Kelly. Uh, sorry. I was just going to say, actually bad teams, you know, like Ottawa or Detroit the actually bad ones. Like, from time to time, they have a good game. And from time to time, the talented players on their team put together some good shit. But the Flyers did it consistently enough this season that I don't think it's fair to say this is a actually bad team who just did some good stuff. Like, this is an actually good hockey team who right now is playing like shit for a variety of reasons. Injuries, um, apparently flying on. I don't think on... actually good though. Like I, I think that there's an in between between being actually bad and actually good. And no, I think there that is. That's where they are. I, I think I just for me I think that they're more towards the actual. I don't know that they're actually good in the way that, you know, Washington is actually good or Tampa is actually good. Although they aren't really winning a lot of games this season, but I think that they are more. If it's a a spectrum, they're more towards actually good than they are actually bad. I agree, and. I think they're right in the middle. Maybe, maybe slightly towards being good than bad. I'm gonna. But I think that they're still kind of mediocre. I am going to put a positive spin on all of this negativity right now. Um, at, by virtue of a Florida uh, Panthers loss last night, and the fact that the Flyers fought back in it to squeeze a point out of that bullshit game, um, they're in a playoff spot at this very moment. They back are in, in the baby. second. They're in the second wild card, and I thought if they could just stay afloat and not kill themselves in the first half of the season uh, with the youth they have, with the uncertainty in the roster they have, with a young goalie and everything coming into the season, if they could just not dig themselves a gigantic hole in the first half of the season and then have their second half surge that they've been known for over the last few years then this team could end up top three in the division. Like, it's very, it's, given what this team has been performance-wise over the last few years, if they have their second half surge, which you should expect a little bit at least, because that's who they are, this team could end up with the third spot in, in, the, in, the, in the Metropolitan. As the, I mean, they could. I mean, I guess technically they are, what, like, Right now, 18 points behind the Penguins. That is a lot of ground to make up. They have two games with the Penguins this month. Two W's. Write it down. Well, Boom. yeah. That would help for Crosby sure. Crosby still isn't playing. <laughs> he, I, just, I heard he traveled with the team. I think he's going to get healthy uh, exactly for the fucking Flyers game. I just think we need to be realistic and realize that it's us or Florida, and we need to just hope that Sergei Bobrovsky doesn't remember that one time he knew how to play goal. Because if he does, we're totally fucked. Like, it's it's either going to be us or the Panthers in that second wild card. That, I think, is, like, the reality of it. I think there's no reason why the Flyers shouldn't be able to clearly take it away because I don't think that Florida is a better hockey team than them. Um, But that's how it's going to be. It's going to be, till the end of the season, a back and forth with those two in the second wild card. 
And the Flyers just I'm need to so not fuck it up. I'm so fucking sick of fighting for the second wild card spot. I am so fucking sick I mean, of this garbage ass team not being good enough to to lock up a real playoff spot. It, it's it's just been like this for years, and I'm sick of it. I hate this team right now. I mean, now. that is a real that is a real playoff spot because of the stupid fucking way they do the playoffs now. It's not like it's a a secondary playoff spot it's just the way they rank the shit it's, it's the second wild card spot like if you don't hit that invisible barrier where half the teams make it and half of them don't it's it's a bullshit playoff spot like it's not i mean eight teams anything, make it really. you were the eighth i mean that's, that's if they just did the way standings work like yeah, there's if they gonna did, be a cutoff like, point top if they did just did top eight like they used to like a normal fucking hockey league would do we'd be fine we'd probably yeah, be in the playoffs so all the time dumb. it is so dumb you're just like, letting loser teams in because you, for some reason, have decided that this is the way we're going to do it. If they just did the top eight teams, the Flyers would not have a situation where they had to make a fake playoff spot. Yeah, like, divisions matter for... Like, rivalries and fun and travel. It doesn't give it, like, fucking just put the top eight teams in. It's not hard. Thank you. Yeah, I just, like, I don't get why divisions matter. Like, okay, we do this because it makes... Keeps costs down because you know, travel and all, but right. what's what's the point? It's an um, arbitrary grouping. We're having very different arguments. I don't, I'm sorry. That <laughs> Kelly was, my fault. was breaking I went up off, there for a second. I went off second. on a tangent. Sorry. Kelly broke yeah. up for a lot of her tangent. I couldn't really hear it. Um, it'll it'll be on the recording. Yeah. It's fine. How can Chuck Fletcher improve this team? <sighs> what can he do? Because that's his job, to constantly be making... Bring back Morgan Frost, you fucking idiot. Yeah, that's number one. That's the easy one. Do that real quick. But like, Shoot Misha Vorobiev into the sun. Like, these are, these are easy bottom six changes. Yes, but... We can do this. Like, Morgan Frost didn't do a whole lot after his first two games. And Misha Vorobiev isn't the reason they're losing all these games. They need an actual, like better player and i want his name to be nolan patrick but it's january now so i i can't keep thinking that he's gonna be you know something that helps this team this year as far as i'm concerned he's lost uh if he comes maybe he's maybe he'll come back in in february or march for the playoff push that would be to get that second wild card spot baby i fucking hate it i fucking hate cheering for mediocrity I mean, there's eight playoff spots. The last time they went, the last time they went to the- no, we're not, we're not going to defend mediocrity. We're not going to do. I that. mean, it's not mediocrity to try to win games. Like, that, what do you want them to do? Not compete for the playoffs? I mean, no, it's, that's not at all what I'm. Well, saying. then what's I'm the difference? Like, sick of, I'm sick of them not being a good team. Well, this is the first year they had a chance to be a good team because they have a good goaltender for the first time in ten years. So I don't know what their choices and a better were. coach. Yeah, they were trying, like, they weren't trying to win before. Now they are. It's okay to be frustrated with the last decade of Flyers. But it doesn't, like, to bring it up doesn't, what purpose does it solve? They're in a completely, they're in a completely different situation than they were for the last 10 years. They're actually trying to win now. They went out and got. I'm, I'm bringing it up because we're talking about the playoffs. Yeah. We're well, talking but, about how they're an actually good team, but if an actually good team doesn't fight for the second wild card. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. If your division yeah, is do. this good. No, an actually good team is in one of the top two positions in the division. The, That's an actually good the there are more than two good really, teams in this division. We really need to take a look at what we're defining as actually good. Well, that that would 
like winning more than that there's you lose. like four actually good hockey teams in the league. I don't think that that's the case. We are playing. Yes, I think that that's totally fine to say that there's only four actually good hockey teams. I don't. What's wrong with that? I just don't, I false. don't think it's true. Yeah, I don't think it's true that there's only. I, a I think few that your your actually teams. good standards are are low. I, I don't know what to tell you, Steph. Like, the, there are eight wild... There's nothing to tell me. I'm having a conversation. There are, you don't have to tell me anything about my own opinion. There are eight playoff spots. Like, should they just not try to get them? Again, not what I'm saying. I'm expressing frustration that the team just cannot take a step forward. I mean, they the clearly taking a step forward. That's very obvious. Okay. All right. You guys go ahead. Go right but ahead. But getting into the playoffs no, would be taking all. a step forward. No, go ahead. No? Conti- it's fine. Right. It's fine. I mean, like, they're competing for the first time in a decade. They're trying to win games. They weren't before. They were not actively trying to lose games before. But they didn't, uh... like, do anything to improve the team. They were just like, Drew and Jake, you got it. And this year. I mean, that was Ron Hextall. Yeah. That, yeah, that was five years. Who ran the organization. Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about the guys that are playing on the ice. And if they're not good enough, that has nothing to do with the, the media. Like, the guys on the ice We're weren't good enough. We're having very different arguments that was the problem. very different conversations. I just don't understand what your point is. How can Chuck Fletcher improve this team? Was not a question I was answering. Yeah, I, yeah. How can he go, out, go about improving this team? I'm getting it back on track. So here's the thing. I don't think that... You're going to bring in, like, you have J.G. Peugeot here, who will probably get traded at some point. Chris Crater probably going to get traded at some point. But they're not going to get traded now, right? They're not going to get traded until the deadline, so... You would think, yeah. Anything that you do now is just going to be, like, bottom six shuffling, which could help, maybe, but also could just do nothing. And it's just a different Misha Vorbiev on the fourth line than the one that we have now. So really, like, this team isn't going to be able to be improved in any kind of significant way unless they win enough between now and the deadline that the team needs to be buyers heading into the playoffs. Like, that's the only way the team's going to improve because otherwise you're not going to get any good players right now. No one's going to trade them. Considering their financial situation, is it even possible to improve this team without shipping somebody out and that somebody's name is Ghost? I kind of think you have to trade Ghost at this point. Where? What value does he have right now? If you were going to trade Ghost, this is the Claude Giroux You're just going to get picks for him at this point. If, if, you're gonna, if you were going to trade Ghost, you should have done it at the height of his career, not when he's having a down season. And he's having a down season. I know, but I don't know. So what is, what's the point? I don't know that we can wait around for him to not have a down season. Like, I, I really, really thought that he was going to get his shit together this season that last season was an aberration but it's starting to like i mean it's fucking january like i don't know how much longer we can wait for him to get his shit together um but yeah he's he's so trading ghost isn't gonna make the team better if all we're getting for him is well it it depends if you're clearing cap space by trading ghost in order to bring someone else in then theoretically it might De- but trading goes so uh, fine. Because they're up against the cap now, right? Like, they couldn't bring in anybody. They have, like, 60K last time yeah. I checked. Right, but it's not like he's on this obnoxious contract. Like, he's on a decent contract. No, he's on a very good contract. And if he were playing well, there's absolutely no way I would want to trade him, considering his contract. But he's not. A lot of nights, he actively hurts the team. 
And if you wanted to bring in somebody who would improve the team, like J.G. Peugeot, who is, if I were going to go off of one of these guys that Bill has listed here, that's the one I would want, um, you're going to have to clear out some cap space. And Ghost is the obviously easy one to get rid of because he sucks. And he's the kind of player, because he's on a good contract, with a theoretical high upside that you might be able to convince a team that needs help on defense that perhaps it would be a good idea for them to take a gamble by just giving up some futures for ghosts. I mean, I don't, it's in my mind, it could be done. Um, but I don't think it could be done until the deadline. Yeah. That's the, like, to me, ghost, there are two <laughs> possibilities you get in trading him. It's another reclamation project. Somebody who's in a similar situation to him. You think he has high upside and just has, has been underperforming. Maybe the change of scenery can help him. Or you move him for futures so that you have that cap space. Because as much as I would like Pajot or Kreider or Tarfoli or whoever, you can't afford any of them unless you move out Ghost's contract or another contract. But I just don't see any of the other ones as even reasonably movable at this point. Yeah. And, and speaking, He's speaking, so of, uh, speaking of guys who uh, everyone wants to trade... How good was Voracek last night? He was really good. He looked great. He's been he's been playing really well, and last night he was phenomenal. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm happy to nice. see. I haven't watched a Flyers game in a month, so I can't. <clears throat> tell you. He was good last night. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I. Yeah, I'm happy. Just I had people in post game last night still saying we need to trade Jake, which is. People are obsessed with the idea that he sucks. It's wild. And they're like, listen, if you don't like the guy, that's fine. fine. But but play a new song. Like they can't trade him. The (laughs) best thing you can get from Jake is Jake's production. His contract is huge. He's got a lot of years left on it. I don't know how you plan on doing this. Like it's not feasible at the current time. But that's just a conversation. I I like literally in post game last night was. uh, like people, we need to stop talking about this because it isn't happening. Like I've been doing, we've it's been brought up at least once in every post game I've ever done. Now, the only way you're getting, if you are insistent that you need Jake Voracek off of your team, you're gonna have to wait for the expansion draft and hope that he gets plucked away because that's the only way it's happening. Oh, the other the other person that people were real mad about was JVR, and like, can we stop? playing the hits because it's not <laughs> I've heard this song it doesn't make sense to play whatever song that is <laughs> you know make a good analogy it just doesn't make sense for the situation I liked uh, I liked the um uh, the Hayes NAK JVR line last night I liked I it too they were decent they were good Knack had that goal it was nice to see him get a goal because he's been playing so well and it's also nice that he's been playing so well because we have been singing the fucking bring up Knack song for the last two years and finally they did turns out we know what we're talking about oh I forgot to tell everyone here he's my son <laughs> Congratulations. I've adopted him. And, like, I don't love him on a third-line role. I don't think ultimately that's what he is. But <laughs> right now, he's getting the job done in terms of getting in on the forecheck and bringing energy every night. Um, that's what this team needs, especially on the road. So, yeah, a, a few – there are a few bright spots right now. They are hard to see because this team isn't good. 
uh, on the road at all, and they're coming off a lengthy road trip. But I just want to touch on another thing real quick. Nashville. Laviolette out John Hines in. God, these fucking guys and their recyclables. They really just it's, cannot go outside of that bubble. John Hines. I mean, we, we kind of knew that this was going to be the year that Lonnie yeah. got fired. Yeah, Nashville, we talked. And they have completely shit the bed. Like, talking about playoffs and second wildcard spots, Nashville isn't even close. Yeah, and we've seen it. Like, listen, Peter Laviolette will get another job, and I bet you it goes pretty well for the first couple of years, but we've seen it firsthand. When it's over with that guy, it's over with that guy, yep. and it is clearly over with that guy. But yeah, Kelly, the, the recycled John Hines, listen, he may or may not be a good coach who got bad goaltending and really just no support from most of his roster in New Jersey. But, like, how is he the first one up? He's yeah. made the playoffs once and won one game in four-plus seasons. He's got, I think, two eighth-place finishes and a seventh-place finish. Like, he had that one lucky year where he had 97 points, and every other year he's sub-500. How did, How is he the first one up? They put all—I made a joke about it on Twitter. They put all of the names of the 35 or so head coaching candidates that exist in the world, put them all in a hat— they shake up the hat, pick out a name. John Hines was the winner this time. Congrats. Now, did they have to get permission from the Devils to hire him? I don't know. I believe they did. And the Devils were like, yes, he's an excellent coach. You Please. Absolutely. <laughs> this is, they said, the endorsement from New Jersey's front office is what put him over the top. Like, no <laughs> shit. They don't want to pay him anymore, right? you fucking morons. We like, fired him. Yeah, we don't want him like, anymore. There are other coaches out there, like... Mike Babcock. Yeah, that's well, a... I mean, he is out. He is yeah, available. but we know some shit about Mike Babcock now that might make you not want to have him coach your hockey team. Yes. Yeah, because all that, like, he gets to not answer those questions right now. If he gets hired by Nashville, he's gonna have those to are answer. the first questions that get brought to, like, right. and then we have this whole thing again. Yeah. Which... It's not bad. No, it's good. To have the conversation about how emotionally abusing your players is. Oh, the bad. conversation is good. The uh, yeah. making him the face of your franchise seems bad. I figure it'll be like a good five or six years before anybody's hiring Mike Babcock again. I don't think it'll be that long. I think it'll be one or two. I think hockey. I night mean, and... if you want to talk about the fucking dude up in Calgary, no one will ever hire him again. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. What the fuck was this Bill name? Peters? Bill Peters, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah Bill like, Peters' career. When you have story. actual stories of him hitting players, yeah. like, listen, the uh, telling, your, telling the rookie to make a list of the laziest guys on the team and then telling those guys that the rookie thinks you're fucking lazy, that's yeah. bad leadership. You shouldn't Shit. be. A, you're, you're just bad at your job. When you're actually hitting your players, you're a fucking criminal. You know what, though? Yeah. Honestly. And this is super fucked. I could actually see him getting a job again in the NHL. Oh. Like, if he did it. it Babcock? No. The other one, Peters. It, like, it wouldn't surprise no. me if it happened. I think that he'll get a job in the KHL. I don't think it'll be the NHL. Yeah, that's a good, that's a decent prediction there, Steph. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that he'll coach in North America again. I, do, I can't. Maybe not coach. I was going to say, I don't but... see him coaching in Europe. But, I mean, maybe, like, the Swiss Hockey League. Yeah, I could, I could see him going elsewhere. But at the end of the day, also, like, what's he making from Toronto? Like, 
He or Bill Peters, excuse me. What's he making? Like yeah. he also, if he doesn't want to have to deal with it, probably doesn't have to. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't. Well, we also don't know with the way true, that true. the whole situation happened because he resigned, air quotes. We don't know whether he's still getting paid or That's not. Fair. Whether that contract was terminated. fair point. Um Um But going back to coaches that were recently fired, I mean there's still Peter De- DeBoer, De- I'm DeBoer. DeBoer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. And like, I think he's a pretty decent coach. Um, again, like what I take him over John Hines. Uh, he's had better rosters, Yeah, but he's also had more success. I thought the job Peter DeBoer did from like December on last year was freaking incredible. Getting a bunch of pieces that clearly don't mix to play really well together. Um, like, there are so many coaches I would take ahead of John yeah, Hines. This like, he might be good. I don't know. Strange. I just don't get why he deserves it. Like, I, whatever. They're all boys. They're all just friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Crawford came back to Chicago's bench. It seems like he actually took the steps to, like, I don't know, before anything. It's not like, oh, I got caught, and then I went to therapy. I'm better now. Like, well, he seems his like he's... apology was, like, legit. Yeah. Yeah. It was It was the only apology that I've seen in the NHL that acknowledges the victims mm-hmm. by name, says, I really fucked up here, and I knew that I fucked up, and I've reached out to them privately, and now I'm doing it publicly, and I've taken the steps to go to therapy before it was even yeah. brought up. Like, I... I I'm not upset with Mark Crawford continuing to have a job in the NHL. No, it's listen, is it is it great that the stuff happened? Obviously not, but anytime you get to have the you look at the steps he took and go some people do have problems and take the time to work on them and address them and it looks like at least from an outside perspective he did that. So, um good for him if if he's better and you know, he's not abusing people anymore. That's that's good too, you know. <laughs> seems good it's such a ridiculous like i can't believe this is where we are in hockey all like what a time my, this is a like. conversation we have to have like god damn it hockey too can't i have my hockey yeah just let me enjoy something mindlessly for no. once in my life <laughs> Never. it's the it's the milkshake duck it really is everything milkshake duck. is a milkshake everything duck. is milkshake duck you and i are milkshake ducks oh, all of us yeah. are milkshake ducks you either. I've never been owned in my life. Except for you bear. Either... bear is not a milkshake duck. <laughs> yeah, bear. Thank you. Not, not yet, yet, anyway. He's still very young. He's 11 weeks old today, guys. Well, he's made it longer than most. You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become milkshake duck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio. I don't have a clock in front of me, so I have no idea if this was like the right length long of enough. episode or anything. I think. It's about an hour. The uh, yeah, the the uh, the outline's done, so we're done. That's all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for hanging out. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. It's super easy. You know how it works. You're a millennial. Do it. Subscribe Broad Street Hockey. Thank you all uh, for Kelly and Steph. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!